episode 15 or 16. I'm Tommy. I'm Caden. Hello, and I'm um, Carsten Flum, and they're interviewing me, these guys. So, oh, yeah. Hello. So a little bit of background. This is not our first time talking to Karsten. We uh, actually did an interview with him four years ago, almost exactly. And that was for a completely separate thing, but it's going to be fun to get to know him again and see what's changed. So we'll go ahead and I guess dive right in. Go ahead, ask me some questions. I'll, I'll be happy to answer so, if I can. I'm, I'm curious. I, I know yeah. you, you were talking about uh, being a teacher. So what a what are you teaching and b what are what are some what are some big take takeaways from teaching that you've learned well um the field of teaching that i'm in is like not so uh, concerned with like the production side i would say so you know naturally like nowadays uh as compared to like 20 years ago or 10 years ago, you know, there's like a lot of uh, like young people, like kids out there who like know the production stuff really, really well because of YouTube and because oh, of like yeah. forums and all this stuff. But uh, so like what I'm teaching, like my title or whatever is like associate professor at this uh, Danish uh, music um, academy, basically. Okay. Wow. So, wow. And where I teach more like... Uh, it's hard to translate, but it's, 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 it's composition and it's like aesthetics, basically. So what, I have like my students one-on-one, -on -one, like solo teaching, um, and we talk uh, about their music, their projects, and I give them feedback, basically, and try to like inspire them and like kind of um, push them, you know, support them or push them. In a it's nice a really direction. cool job, actually. So it's a bit. It's a bit abstract. It's not like. It's not like able, like an Ableton course or something. Where like it's very you, fluid. Well, go into the envelope part and you'll, you know, yeah. it's more like quite free. And it's also like very, you could say like, it really depends on who the student is. So like, it's really like, I'm like a facilitator kind of. So it's really like for me, like a humble job to have to kind of help out young kids sort of to develop their, it's mainly about developing the style uh, in a sense, you know, like uh, what I appreciate in a good musician or artist or any kind of art, you know, is like this kind of artist where you can like instantly, you know, tell, okay, this is this person. Yeah. yeah. This is this person, art, like where some like kind of personality shines through basically. So that's my job and it's very, it's a bit fluffy, but in a sense, that's kind of. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, kind of like Caden asked earlier, what are some things <laughs> that, you know, as a musician, teaching has affected you. Well, in what ways? As a musician, how teaching has affected me. Um, I think, to be honest, like not really much. It, it, I mean, I went to school myself. Like I did high school and uh, college, and then, uh, like when I was like twenty-seven, I think I also like. Uh, in Denmark, we have this really cool deal where you actually have like university thing where you can study electronic music. Oh, nice. When I got in, it was basically the, just the beginning of that. So it didn't exist before. So I was like one of the first ones who got in. And by that time, I already had like kind of a prolific kind of thing going on. I had a few releases and stuff. So okay. this, I think 
it was like a balance between the school wanting to promote itself and like invent itself kind of and you were almost you were like, almost like the the it was like i'm a fucking avant-garde like kind of <laughs> in a sense you know like, <laughs> like in cutting edge kind of like they they so I, I was a bad student anyway, but I already had like, <laughs> like a music thing going on. Yeah. And um, was that around early two thousands? Yeah, this was like two thousand five, I think. Yeah. Was that around when you? What label were you putting stuff out on? Like O three O three or something? No, I didn't put stuff out on O three O three. I think this was like around. What was it at that time? Like the first. I don't know, like, first one was Web Interface, then it was... Oh, yeah, that's right, my bad. I don't know, around that time, what was it? It was, uh, like, Suburban Trash, I think it's German. They okay. Were... Maybe, yeah, maybe go ahead and tell us a little bit about uh, Worm Interface. How did you get associated with them? Okay, that's interesting story, maybe, if I tell it interestingly enough. But, um, <laughs> it was basically me being, like, a teenager and having a like after high school, having a part-time job in like a supermarket, you know, okay. at the cash register. Yep, yep, yep. Like beeping stuff, like beep, beep, beep. Oh, God. And getting to know like the, the small I've been uh, there. machine with all the digits kind of. And I was like, ah, my sequence at home. Oh, yeah. Just, yeah. yeah. The numbers are placed in the same way. So. <laughs> so this was like what I was doing kind of just to survive. And at the same time, when I got home in the evening, I would be so kind of just annoyed like about that whole thing so i would like just sit every evening and write tunes write tracks and this was like this went on for maybe almost two years just like and I, of course i came out of like not a massive like uh like background like i i didn't come out of like a big uh like subculture of like people making electronic music but i had a few friends and stuff who supported me and like of course like some peers and stuff but then at some point, uh, I, uh, at that time, I was recording on minidisc, everything, like without a computer, also just like <laughs> very basic, like uh, Akai is 2000 sampler. And oh, nice. Shitty, like a uh, Casio keyboard and uh, like a shitty Roland sequencer, like MC50, I think it was called. Much like the, like the supermarkets. Those are the beige, the beige ones, right? No, that's a black one. It's yeah, it's no, it's newer. The, the beige ones are cool. This one wasn't even cool. It was just what I could <laughs> oh. But so it was just like basically, you know, like it was like a four track of it was actually like an eight track, but just you know, like recording and then you could play something on the MIDI keyboard. Yeah, in, in your sampler or the keyboard or whatever, and then you could you couldn't really do much. You could quantize it, and if it sounded like shit, then you could you couldn't undo even. Yeah, that kind uh, of thing. Uh, very primitive, super primitive. And then, I, I don't know, I felt pretty good about it. I was living with my brother at the time. And then, uh, like, a good, um, he's now a good friend of me. Like, also, I worked with him also at the school. But back then, he was, like, a pretty big deal. He had, like, been producing for Björk. Uh, well, Björk, really? Your brother? No, not my brother, like a friend I had back then. Oh, okay, okay. okay. Like a mentor, kind of, like a, a guy I bumped into, like in the scene, kind of. And he turned me on to, like, he, I said, like, man, I, I think my music is pretty good. I want to maybe, I'd love to get it out or something, somehow, you know. Mm -hmm. And he was 
like, oh, okay, I have an idea for like two labels you can whatever send your nice your demo through. And one was Worm Interface and the other one was Toytronic. So I sent like two demos out and then um, some time passed and I kind of forgot about it. <laughs> also, like my real name is Jacob. So right. like this custom film thing was like just like a moniker that I invented just to have like, uh, yeah, like another name to use for yeah. the music stuff. Yeah. So, which I had just written on the dead tape that I sent. I just wrote like Carsten Flum and kind of forgot about it. Uh -huh. And I remember like when, when like um, really late morning I was sleeping in, you know, and living with my brother and he was like some friends were there and stuff and the phone kept on ringing. And I could hear like, I was like really far away, like in my sleep. I kept on hearing my brother like, picking up the phone and being like, there's no fucking Carsten living here. Like, you know, just give oh. it up. You know, like, <laughs> oh, that's funny. Until at one point he was like, oh, oh, that might be my little brother, actually. <laughs> then this was, uh, this, was uh, this guy from Warm Interface, Django, who was just like, hey, dude, we love your music. That's great. We've been listening to it in the office all, all day, you know. Oh, and nice. At, yeah. At that time, it was kind of, for me, I didn't really know anything. This was like, this was 2001 or something. Jeez. Mm -hmm. Around that time. So imagine I was just, I was, I might have been 20 around that time. And this was like, just in the early kind of beginning of the internet and stuff. I mean, not beginning, but for me, like, I remember I might have made like a Hotmail address or something. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. Super early. And he was like, yeah, we want to release this stuff. It's really good. Like. He said, like, uh, we've got, like, cool people on the label. We've got Tom Jenkinson. We've got Freeform. We've got all these people. Wow. And I was like, oh, okay. That's pretty good. So you know who Tom it just kind of happened like that. And sure. That's pretty yeah, cool. I don't know. I, I actually, yeah. I forgot that uh, he, that Tom Jenkinson released on Worm Interface. That's super cool. How did that feel yeah, to, for, to his get first stuff? His, his first off was, well, I already knew square pusher stuff by then. Right. So how did that it was pretty good. How did it feel oh. to, to, for that to happen? It felt like, uh, I was a kid and, uh, like this vast thing looking into this vast thing and not knowing anything about it. So it's like, so they sent me like, a. First thing they did was was to send me like a record, like a contract, whoa, which was like this thick, written in like Oxford English. Damn. Kind of, um, did you read it? It's like I tried. It was like <laughs> if thou, if thou shall not, uh, you know, blah blah blah, then this and this will. And I was just like, yeah, fucking sign it. So, but it turned out to be a really bad deal, actually. Oh. I'm sure. If they ever, like, if these guys ever see it from Worm Interface, they won't mind. But back then, it was really, really bad deal. It meant that I couldn't release any other, release any music on other labels for three years, basically. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but I just signed it because I was young and I didn't know anything. And then two years went, like, without the album coming out. It was just really, really, really... Um, painful for me to like wait so much and I was so like excited about it and they were all like yeah yeah just wait just wait and then I, I guess I got a sense of this kind of whole the record industry how yeah it works. it's it's painfully slow yeah I know what you mean there yeah. I mean my yeah yeah 
I, I guess how have how have you changed as far as your views on record labels gone from that time to the way you feel about them now? Um, I guess I've gotten a better understanding of the fact that it's like things are always very slow. Yeah. So even without like discrediting any people, like the album I have now coming out, which is like, I did a lot of albums and EPs and stuff by now, but this is like, yeah, my 10th album or whatever, like, but it's, it's, uh, well, this is also because of Corona and stuff. It's been really, uh, it's been a long way with this stuff. Actually, I think it was like January last year, I turned in the album to really? the label. And it's been a whole year on the way. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. This is, this is how it is sometimes. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes you work like, I, I, I don't know, the thing I can pass on is like, it's good to work with people you like. Yeah. Um, it's good to call them on the phone and say like, hey, so meet them face to face. Like the more people, the more labels are like, yeah, yeah, all good. Like only like only <laughs> communicating online and afraid to like meet face, face to face that's a bad sign kind yeah of. they might do their job but you know i can name a few but i'm not going to but like labels i worked with that i'm not going to work with again because of this that's um, fair it, it ends in some kind of exploitation scenario yeah essentially when people, uh, you know, I'm already introvert myself, but when labels are introvert like that, then it's a bad sign, I think. Yeah, so if you're like, yeah, if they're not like a young user out there, you want to like call up the guy who, if somebody says they want to release your music and are serious about it, then call them up or on FaceTime or something like, you know, talk to them, uh, talk about other stuff than music, like, you know, so we get a sense Definitely. of what they're Be about. a person together, you know, have a real relationship. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, because you're, if it's good, you're going to work together for a long time. Yeah, If definitely. it's shit, we're going to tell immediately, you know? So, I mean, you clearly have done a lot of stuff as far as working with labels, putting music out, performing. How would you say that the musical world has evolved from the time when your first Worm Interface release to your latest one as far as music culture as a whole thing and being part of that? in terms of music culture yeah with i mean obviously back then the internet wasn't as big as it is now more or less specifically the internet you know yeah i think it's kind of like two strands and one is like maybe the live stuff and the club stuff and the gigs all that stuff yeah it's become much better it's become much more like a scene for um also like more experimental stuff but even even like the dance music scene or whatever i call it dance music i don't mean like edm like shrillex but um where people can have a nice time in a club listening to good music like right. that's become much better much more sophisticated you know much more like, oh definitely why has it become better that's a good question i'm <laughs> better i think Maybe it's related to the other, like the other leg or the other strand where it's like, it's like all the internet stuff is really like destroying like young producers, you know, like if yeah. I, I think I read somewhere like Sean from Otekra said that if they were like a band coming up now, like young guys of 19 and 20 as they were back then when they broke through, 
they would have to make an Instagram now. Yeah. Or whatever, and they would never, it's you know, very it business. wouldn't happen. That's, so that's what we are. You have to think this balance, like it's the same. It's always like a balance. It's, it's the same, like the focus, like in the 90s and the early like 2000s, it used to be about selling records. If you were like an artist, you needed to, if you had to make money, you needed to sell records. Yeah. And that would give you an income. Like a lot of these records, like, the, you know, like whatever these 90s records, they sold like a lot, you know, like really a lot, whatever, like I could mention a few, like even like not big artists, but who sold easily like 10,000 copies, you know? Right. It's not like, it's not like that nowadays. It's like, whatever, like 500 copies, maybe a thousand. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like it's all streaming now. Name. Yeah. But then, you know, the live thing also becomes more interesting. Because, Definitely. And I don't know the times are changing. People want to know more about, I don't know, the thing behind it or whatever, the personality I mean, behind that's... the musician. So yeah. Know. Yeah. I yeah, I mean that's essentially the position we're in because you know we're 19 20, 20 you know I'm 20 almost 22 and that's the boat we're yeah. in and it's I think a big reason for us to really want to talk to someone like you and do this podcast was to you know figure out I mean even just to get a glimpse of like what was it like before all this. I mean, we did have to make an Instagram even though we didn't really want to and all that. I mean, it <laughs> Are you glad that you got started when you did and not in a more modern time, like with the internet and all that? Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's an easy answer. Like, what, yeah. what else can I answer? Like, I think I am. And like, I don't mean to, I mean, I had the same, I, the students that I teach sometimes ask me the same question because it's so difficult for them, like, to, yeah. you know, breakthrough and like I don't know I it also sounds like really super boomer ish to just say that yeah, back then before the internet and stuff like there was internet back then right it was right. just like social media was also different you know I was super active on MySpace and I was really you know we all were kind of like living out a artistic whatever like besides the music then sort of just like showing who we were like through MySpace and stuff like that so it was yeah, I don't know. It was a more new thing back then. I think it's it's become like a bit more like um, generic nowadays. Yeah. It's more like it's the like, internet has become more of a business. You want to you have a band? Right? First thing you want to do is get a lawyer, then get an Instagram. Yeah. Maybe not Facebook, but like a TikTok. And like, if you're really clever, then get a Twitter account. You know? <laughs> it's ex- yeah. That's it's oh man. You man. have to get all these accounts. You have to post. Tell that. To, yeah, you have to. Tell that. To, you know, like even you know, you interview whatever, like Richard Devine or whatever, like people from this, you know, who were like a few years older than me. It's like, it's like in my in my ears and eyes, it's fucking bullshit. This stuff. Yeah. But it's so. Who, who? I'm just a boomer, you know. Who am I to say that? It's just like <laughs> I don't, you know, I don't get it, you know. It is. It is. It's, it's painful. It's a business now. Yeah, it's, it it's, is painful because when you say those things, it's like. That is, it's so true. I mean, but at the same time, people aren't <laughs> as outrageous at the, as they used to be back then. You know, that's also the problem. I think with this, like with this sort of like self-staging, you know, like this persona, like who you are and how perfect everything is. It's like people forget to just be fucking yeah. the queer, like weird, crazy weirdos that they actually are, and just you know, in the interaction yeah. with like people face to face, kind of. Yeah. So it's like this. 
people also like some people who you know might make good music or whatever and they have like hopes and dreams about their first release or whatever they they become so disillusioned like that it is sad oh, you know it's sad it's just like i don't know it's yeah but yeah, yeah it, i don't want to take this like boomer perspective you know it, kind of because there's a lot of like there are people who use it in a really cool way like the like the so me thing in itself has also become like an art form yeah which is uh, i think super cool uh, the people who managed to do it also. It's, it's, times are changing, kind of. But. Yeah, they definitely are. I mean, even even our generation, TikTok is, it, it's that's a whole different thing to me. I don't understand it, and I, it makes me feel old. You know, I kind of I understand. Yeah. Okay, I, I I don't get this, but it's, everyone else there, does. Well, there's there's just you know? there's something about our there's something about having millions upon millions of people using the same app that cater that that displays little snippets of content that grabs your attention for a couple seconds and then it's gone and i think it creates some sort of expectation for what people want to see what people want to hear yeah it's very hard to yeah find find something genuine inside of that but and kind of guiding it guiding the topic back a bit um I think like the best moments I see some people who are able to use it really well. Yeah. Because it's so like it it's it's kind of like a really fragmented kind of um, expression or something like yes. it's just this trendy nowadays, you know. So actually it reminds me of even like certain like whatever like beatnik poets in the sixties and fifties, like William Burroughs and Paul Bowles and uh, what's it? Jack Kerouac and um, all these people, you know, who, who were like into this kind of the way of like they were way ahead of their time, kind of. Yeah. But just nowadays, it's, it's become like the norm, you know. It's become like okay, I want to make a band, so like, uh, oh no, I need to get an Instagram. I, mean, I only have like twelve followers. Like, oh yeah. fuck, I'm gonna kill myself, even though the music might be great. You know, that's sad. It is sad. Whereas you know. If you watch like some like rock, whatever like stupid rock documentaries and stuff, you see these bands, you know, like really super famous rich bands, like who still the the one the ones of them who are still alive. They just say like back then, you know, like Sony or BMI or whatever, they would sign anybody who had long hair, or, you know, anybody who had an electric guitar or something. It's so different yeah. nowadays, you know. It it's is so much weird. about the. But I think I think the trade off for that is making music is so accessible now you know what i mean i think there's much more re it's yeah. easier to get to the resources now but i don't know i suppose it is but it is but let's 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 talk a bit about some of your recent That's work interesting jump to like production and stuff also like, oh yeah to another topic definitely <laughs> we could do a whole episode about that yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you've been recently working with uh Serge, or you know Sergey, Sergei, but, but his artist name is Serge. Yes. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, his his artist name is Serge Gazel. He's uh, yeah. like half Russian, half um, Israeli, uh, and he's a good friend of mine. I've known him for like ten years or something. But we started making music together on a serious level. Like I would say, like two years ago, maybe. Yeah. What what uh, like. What was the impetus to 
start to make music more seriously together? Well, it was, I guess, like a genuine uh, respect we always had for each other. Yeah. Like, um, I had for his music and he had for mine. And then around this time, like two years ago, we just met at a random like house party and we were like, <laughs> just had this talk and we were like, do we it. need to make music together. Yeah. And I, I wouldn't say so much it's like the, the meeting that made it happen, but I mean, I made music with other people before also. And I'm weird in that sense because I don't like collaborating with people basically. Yeah. Because, um, I mean, I did it a lot and I tried it a lot, but I normally get very disappointed, like, to be honest. And I may sound like a dick, but really, like, it's very... <laughs> normally isn't very cool, you know, like, uh, you know, you work with a person and, uh, like, you, you know, you really put your heart and soul into it. And then the guy is just, like, late, fucking lazy or whatever, you know, something like, uh, like, the social thing, like, if, if I have an idea in my head, and I want to like, uh, like a like a feeble idea, like a very you know very like basic idea, and I, I have like a vision, but you know. I think I, I know what you mean. Who who disturbs it too much, then or like, I don't know. With me and Serge, it just turned out to work pretty good, so we trust each other a lot. Yeah. You know? um, so if we make music together, and like um, we're in the studio. And I have to go and take a, I have to go to the toilet, you know, I'm not like worried when I come back that he's going to Yeah, it's, yeah, it I, is a, yeah, I scrapped everything. I, it's a it's level totally of trust. Just trust, you know, and it, it I don't know how to explain why that is. That, I I mean, yeah, I'd say me and Caden have that as well. It's, I, I think it's, it's understanding, it's understanding like, especially when me and Tommy work together, I, there are certain things, visions. That, there are certain things that I hear in the music and for us to work together in an environment that yeah. is progressive, yeah. we would I would have to maintain the thing if I if I'm not hearing what's going on anymore, yeah. then I know that I've veered. Yeah. And yes, yeah. it's a compromise at the end of the day. And, but it's still And it's, you guys yeah, live yeah. it's always a compromise, but yeah. like when you work with yourself also it's even a compromise. Oh yeah, like, for yeah. sure. If you wanna be get in the box and be professional about it of course it's compromised but like so yeah i don't know how to, how to say it it's like it's also about like the way i guess you guys are pretty good at communicating so like at least me and sarah's are like pretty we're pretty like good at communicating quite abstract stuff non-verbally in stupid, you know so it can be like yeah this is like this is the part where the bird comes in and then you know yeah. it goes and you know whatever like some weird like story narrative but we just get it, both of us. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's a good yeah, thing. It's, it's like, those... we have different tastes. Also, like we have like a common ground. Yeah. The stuff we're making, which is like, like the one thing we did at this party when we like decided to maybe try to make music together was to not make it like too big a thing. Okay. So we just said like, let's let's try to make some tracks together that are like dance floor tracks, like EP tracks. Yeah. Let's just try to make, yeah. you know, like, which I find is always good, like, to make, you know, like, some dogma or limitation on what you're doing. Oh, definitely. Like, if you manage to do that and everybody's happy, then inside that, you can really just, you know, go crazy with creativity, you know? I mean, listening to your tracks, I mean, some of, I will always say, some of my favorite releases of yours were, 
I'm not good with pronunciation, but it was the one where your face and it's got all the lines with oob two, oob two, I think oob one and oob two. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, I, oob. I still have oob two saved in my phone, like four years well, after I found it. It's great, awesome track. And then there's the one. It, it came out of Martin's just... label. Well, it's the one that has the electron equipment. Oh, the yeah, uh, Borg acid. Borg acid was the first track. Yeah, oh, yeah. Really enjoyed yeah. that one too. Yeah, everybody thought that was FX Twin. I think even FX Twin on the if you like find the video on YouTube, there's like this FX Twin uh, channel that says like not me. <laughs> That's even, cool. Yeah, he wrote on his yeah I don't know yeah stupid story anyway. I don't mind being compared to him, but it's no. like at the same time it's it's kind of like like uh, to be honest like. Um, being having been in this game for so long and maybe like uh, the music I do is quite similar to his stuff like to like music or Mike Cardenas or yeah. whatever like Bokan Lusinski or like a lot of people you know um, it just it annoys me a little bit when uh, it doesn't annoy me it's just it's just a thing when people say like oh this sounds like Apex Twin you know I know what you mean I know it I, I listen yeah. to you know Oh, this and this like and this. this. Well, of, once you compare, all of a sudden, I it's... Love Twin, you know, he's like my biggest hero, but at the same time, it's, you know, it's, 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 it's if you make an indie band and everybody says, like, you guys sound like the Beatles, that's great. And, <laughs> and you're like, wow. well, that's, you know, rock and roll, but we might sound a bit more like whatever. Yeah, 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 I know what you mean. Specific, you know? So, so kind of, kind of touching on what. Oh, but it's cool also because FX Twin open and Microdinas and all these people yeah. open the doors like for so many people to get into our weird music that we make. You know, so, so that's great. You know? Kind of touching on that, what was your entry point into that genre of music? How did you find out about out about that kind of music? Well, when I was yeah, I don't know. Um, through a friend, I yeah. had a friend uh, who's still my really good friend, and he, I guess we started out like even before Apex Twin and this stuff. I used to like um, do like local radio, like pirate radio. Oh, nice. Yeah, back then, and um, it was just like every Sunday, and we were just like a group of kids who used to hang out and play the records we had and stuff. And That's I didn't cool. really have any records. I was just like the, the small shy kid, and this. <laughs> friend of mine who's still my really good friend he was like this is Apex Twin you know you need to check this out you know this is like this is Square Pusher Apex Twin's friend or this is like Bogdan Rezinski you know, <laughs> everyone everyone, think, everyone needs a person like that around and you know like even there's even it's even a fact that there's like also nowadays like for me some some people that I know or some people that I appreciate who are making music just for the musicians in a sense, you know, yeah, who are like inspiring. I know, us. I know what you mean. I know there, there is that's, a, the kind of, uh, that's the kind of guy this uh, friend of me was. Like, that's cool. That's super yeah. cool. But it was like, yeah, whatever. Like, I think to myself, I was living like in a small village at that time, like in the middle of nowhere. And how'd you end up? Like, how'd you end up in a small village in the middle of nowhere? No, that's where I grew up. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. So well, when I was like, like sixteen, seventeen in high school, the only option I had to, like, to find music. I mean, I knew, I, I'd maybe come from, you know, 
whatever some kind of i, I love nirvana and i loved uh, you yeah. know like all the, like all this punk stuff but i loved uh, like sonic youth and all the stuff but that brought me essentially to this i found like at that time like apex twin and these people were very like also it's a 90s thing but they were very like it was the same kind of vibe this kind of like very punkish kind of oh yeah but it was like hacking at the same time and i just love this thing like i just remember this one experience where i didn't have any gear and i was at this particular friend's house and we were just making music and he had like i don't know he had like um his grandmother had died or something so he had inherited a bit of money and he had bought like a mixer and like a sound module and an effect machine and just the, like before that i had just been like recording like my stupid yamaha or my stupid casual keyboard on the tape you know it was like oh, yeah. ah, there was something missing it was because i knew what i wanted and like just at his place it was just like with a mixer like and the options you had to control everything it was just like send and turn off the yeah. send and turn down it was just it was so perfect so you know that, that, for me it was like yeah and then you know when i a bit like in in my late like teens i was playing in bands i played drums also and a bit of stuff it was i always played played in like shitty bands <laughs> and at one point i was just like oh i can't do this anymore like like i would even like bring a song you know to the rehearsal and you know that you had rehearsed you made yourself yeah people would be like goofing around too much and i was like maybe too serious about it uh, yeah so I would, and around this time this was where i got my first all this gear i talked about the sample and the sequencer right right like, i'll make, make it myself yeah i i think i yeah. think i think that's what separates people who obviously care a lot more especially when they're in groups there you can tell who really cares and who doesn't you know it can be, it can yeah. be tough yeah. it can be hard to care sometimes but it can be hard to care enough to to say no to everyone else yeah and to so, do it for you so kind of a change of topic here i've been looking yeah. on your desk off and on what what, what do you what do you got there i see some cool synthesizers yeah, this is not my studio, it's just my bedroom, so it's just, uh, um, I've got, um, like, this is my, I guess, favorite one, even though it's like an ancient. Oh, nice. Since it's a not modular one, but I love, like, making patches for it and stuff. Like, Sweet. Inside. It has no effects or anything, but it's... Those are lovely. I, I use it all the time. Yeah. Really gorgeous uh, sounding. A lot for bass and stuff like this. It's very, very... I don't know. It sounds really good. It's not like a normal Nord game. Right. If you want like a stage Nord oh, that's game. a Nord? Oh, yeah. Nord, my so Oh, yeah. They don't do... They, Nord doesn't do that stuff anymore. No, no, no. So, I, I've got a question for you. I, for, yeah. One of my favorite sounds in your music is your polysynth sounds. What's your go-to yeah. polysynth? Like Juno. Juno. Uh, Juno 106 and one, uh, Juno 106 and 60. Yeah. Would you say that, the, that you use those pretty heavily then? Yeah. Those are, uh, yeah, those are good. Can't be beat. Yeah. So what's, what's your, uh, workflow like these days? What's, a, how does, how do you make a track? Okay, yeah. Mm, let me think. 
Yeah, um, like the gear I work, like my basic core setup is like a sampler, which is like I have a MPC and MPC, I have two MPCs, which I mainly do like my drum stuff and like the, yeah, all the sample stuff, basically. Nice. Uh, like rhythm stuff, I guess. Okay. And then I, I would say like my main, like the core of my studio is a mixer, basically. This, this is where like I can feedback my effects and stuff like I, have, I don't have like the most cool effects but I have like some even side uh, oh, nice. pedals and I have um, like midi verbs like you know this old uh, LAC stuff and just when you if you want to make them sound really good you need to like put them on a channel and EQ them and feedback them kind of yeah like I don't know. It's not. It's not rocket science, really. It's just. It's more for me. It's just like a feeling, kind of. I don't know. It's not that complicated, but of course, like in the door, it also happens. Like I like to have a lot of stuff, like just in MIDI. So, like the more I can just, the more I have, like let's say I have like a MIDI sequencer, like the MPC. Yeah. So, where I have like a, an arrangement laid out, pretty much it's going to help me that much more like once I have it in the door. Right. Like the, the more you do earlier, the more you're going to have to work with later on kind of. So that makes sense. Yeah. It's kind of it, I guess. So do you have any, uh, of like tweaking stuff and like experimenting oh, right. kind of like when you are like, if you know, you're going to mix, like mix a track at the end of the day, you, you want to have like something to subtract from kind of, you know, you want to have like something to take away, you so know, kind you, of, if you have like a weak signal, like from anything, you know, it's never gonna, you just have to boost it and boost it, you know, and yeah, it's gonna yeah. sound shit. But if you have like some really powerful, crazy stuff, you can always like, take away. even like jam wise, you know, like I love to like, when I make a track, uh, I have some like patterns and like songs in my sequencer, like external sequencer and record it in and I jam around. And sometimes when I like jam out, when I, when I just like kind of let something happen, that's like not supposed to happen. It's just like, like having like a feedback, like an effect feedback, just going like, for too long, but normal people be like, ah, okay, just <laughs> or whatever. But, but this helps me like to make a transition or something. So it's just making good jams and yeah. making sure like record like top quality, you know, is there any uh, not 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 physically here, but more mental? Is there anything you do to get you into the headspace to make a track? Whether you know, have a drink, have a smoke, go for a walk, any certain rituals you go through? Yeah, there's a lot, but like not one certain one, I would say. Yeah, there's a lot. <laughs> so I mean. Uh uh, yeah, sure. I mean, of course, like sometimes you're inspired, sometimes you're not. Like a yeah. lot of the time you, you can do something and then like, I mean, I have a long breaks, but I'm not like actively making music, but I'm somehow crunching the stuff still, you know, in my brain. Sometimes it's good to, you know, have a bit of fresh air. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty much like, I don't, I, I like to work fast. I like to like get stuff. I like to be, I don't know, it's kind of like, like this blues uh, musician kind of vibe. Like I like to work really intuitively, you know, just that makes be, sense. get all the faults and mistakes in there. Also like all the, yeah, 
like realness and stuff. And then, yeah, you know, then it's much better to have that than to have like just this, like careful, like, oh, okay, like, you know, in the door, then like, oh, I'm going to copy the bass drum for 16 oh, bars yeah. and then I'm going to add the hi hat. Like, you know, that's it for me very boring. You know? You'd yeah. rather do it quick and dirty and passionate. Yeah, quick and dirty. It's like, like quick is a good, like, I like to work quick. But like the actual like making stuff can be quick, but like the processing of the stuff can be really slow also. Yeah. Sometimes. I mean, something I struggle with is writer's block. How do you do you ever struggle with that? And how do you get how do you break through that? Yeah, I think um, writer's block is like the <clears throat> obstacle of any kind of it's like it's a very yeah, good question, because I think that's like the mo yeah, this is like makes a difference between somebody who's who just has like fun with something or somebody who actually if you have a writer's block, you need to have like certain exercises or certain techniques to get you out of that. So like writer's block, me, if you, if you have the concept of a writer's block, it means like, oh, I'm not inspired. I don't feel like it, you know, which in my like the way I see it is like bad or it's like a bad excuse like if you know writer's block means like you're you just ex, ex, it's a spoiled point of view that you just expect something to come to you yeah so you can you know do something but actually you know as a matter of fact you know all the like good artists you know they worked the materials basically so like be a painter be you know if you work with oil painting then you have like this fat oil painting that you sort of have to you know work with or you have like you work you like like a stone cover or something like it's it's very material based so i think like i like to approach it like very pragmatic you know like instead of saying like oh i don't have an idea then be like you know i need to i need to you know make a sound and i need to experiment and i need yeah. to you know take this seriously you know like so you know i may i'm building this whatever, like bass drum or something. Um, like I made a bass drum with my Yamaha synth, like boom, boom, pew. And then after that, I, I have to be like, yeah, but I need to, you know, I'm not working on a song. I'm not being creative right now, but I'm just, you know, doing something. I'm, you know, it's... It makes I sense. I mean, doing it anyways, literally just... Yeah. It, just the act of doing yeah, I'm just, it. I'm, I'm just saying, you know, like this stuff doesn't happen from a clear sky. It's like you have to keep busy. And, uh, there's, like, there, there's a more than half the time. More than half the time, it's super boring. It's just like yeah, you know, like yeah, doo, 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 doo. I know what you like, mean. But that's that's what it is, you know. And yeah. if people aren't into that, then you know, make an Instagram or whatever. There, there, there's, there's a good quote. <laughs> make uh, an Instagram. I don't know who it's from, but they say good artists don't wait for inspiration. They just get to work. That's a good one. That's a good quote, but a new, uh, even better one that I find is like, uh, I need to translate it from Danish, but it is essentially composition happens in the meeting with the material. Yeah. There is, yeah. it's really just making material just have to do and it. your conversation with it. Cause for me, no, it's like if you, if you have like, it's like you're meeting with a material which might have a certain kind of um, intrinsic like characteristic. You know, you're, if you're playing like on a synthesizer 
and it sounds like it does, then you know, that's gonna create the conversation. It's not like you're gonna be like, oh, I think I'm gonna write a melody today, and it's gonna be like, you know, because yeah. it it comes from the meeting with like the material you're working with. So like, essentially, you know, if you spend you know an hour Next making time. a good sound, a really good sound. Then once you're there, you can play anything and it's going to sound great. That's true. You know? That's a good way to think about it. I mean, yeah. I hate to be, I hate to be this guy, but we are almost at about an hour. That oh, was shit, really? I know that flew by. We just looked, I just looked at the clock. And I'm like, holy crap. Oh, wow. okay. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, sorry if I talk so much. No, it's you. It was good. It was great. We'll have to have you on for another episode. Just yeah, I enjoyed maybe, this. Maybe just to talk about some specific thing. It was lovely talking to you guys. Yeah, it was great to catch up again. You look good. You look yeah. healthy. You look like you've been staying good. So I've been working out. Definitely, yeah. Bam. It makes it easier oh, to really? play your synth. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, it was great talking to you guys. Like, it really was. Super nice definitely. I have one last question. Yeah. If you could, I mean, the people who are, have made it to this, to this part in the podcast have given an hour of their time to listen to us talk about whatever we want. What advice do you have to give to people who really care about what you have to say? What advice I have to give? About it, it, could be, it could be about life say. or music, anything. You know, rephrase the question, please. Like, what... what like, hey, 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 if you, I, don't, I don't get the question here he'll he, he's if, got a better if, way if you if you could say let's say whatever you say a sentence is going to be heard by anyone in the world right now once you say it everyone will hear it what would you say to them it is you can't make music without uh, without mojo so you can make music with any fucking thing. I know so many people who make music, you know, just with like the computer or whatever nowadays. Yeah. But you have to have, you know, mojo. You have to have something to say. You have to like. Yes. Yeah. It needs like, and if you don't uh, care about that, then it's a, it's a nice hobby to have. But if you know, yeah. it's it's all about the feeling. It's all about the the moment and stuff. Mojo, yeah. You gotta have the mojo. Mojo rising. Yeah. That's it. Well, hey, this was this was definitely an awesome episode. We've had a great nice. time talking to you, and Me too. I enjoyed it. Too. We'll have to talk again soon. Yeah. This was the Thanks, guys. yeah. This was KT Music, a conversation with Carson Flume, episode uh, I'd say 15. 15. And We will see everyone soon. All right, that's a wrap. That, that was, that was great. I, we got some good bits Thanks. in there. Well, hey, we'll nice. we'll let you go. I we, we'll definitely.